You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Good evening. You're listening to The Agony Column on KUSP 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Rick Kleffel. The sh- name of this show is taken from the Victorian broadsheets where Sherlock Holmes found both his clues and his clients. Tonight, we're speaking about reinventing the local independent bookstore. With me in the studio are... We have Wendy Meyer Lockfeld. Thank you for joining us, Wendy. Thanks. We have Casey Coonerty Prodi. She's with um, Bookshop Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz, California. Thanks for having me. We have Jeremy Lassen. He's with Borderlands Books in San Francisco, also with independent publisher Nightshade Books. Always great to talk with you, Rick. And we have Hutland, and he's the president of the NCIBA, the Northern California Independent Booksellers Association. Hi, Rick. Now let's get back to a conversation about reinventing the local independent bookstore. And I think one of the ways that we all agree that you're going to do this is through a great staff. And I'd like each of you, uh, starting with Wendy, to talk about the importance of staff and how maybe your approach to staff and training staff has changed over the years and how you think it'll change in the future. Wendy? Well, um, yeah, I I mean, our staff is is literally our, our lifeline to the public, our staff is the most important thing about our store. And I, I think that what we've changed recently has been simply, it's been out of need on the one hand, but it, it's also, I think, resulted in an even an even more in tune staff and that frankly, our staff can do more in the store now than they used to be able to do. And, and, that's, and that's, by, that's by plan and necessity. I mean, we have staff members who are not only working at the front counter, but they're coming back and doing some buying, and then they're coming in and entering books, and they may have a special project area in the store. Uh, one of them is is do, did this incredible um, local artist card section. She had an interest in local artists, and so she has nurtured and created this extensive section that's all local photographers, painters, printmakers, um, where they're coming in the store and doing cards. And we have another employee that is passionate about the children's section. So she's taken on buying for the children's section. And when we recreated kind of a room at the back of the store, you know, she was a big part of helping us plan it and stock it. And I mean, I could go on and on for every staff member that we're wearing more hats than we've ever worn before. And um, yet we have another staff member who's started taking part in the in the finance department upstairs in bookkeeping and actually helping us um, come up with new dailies plans and she's of course turned into a bit of a Nazi but that's a good thing <laughs> Nazi is a good thing when it comes to bookkeeping so it's 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 great because they have more and more of a connection to the store as an organic a, as an organic place and I, I think that just allows them to bring more to the table to our customers 
Casey, you guys sell uh, used books, and I, and I wonder if you talk about used books. One thing about having used books is it, it makes the bookstore a reflection of the community, doesn't it? Yes, I mean the the I would definitely say that the people who come in to sell us used books, you know, are everything from the mom who who their little kids have outgrown those books to a scout who goes to book fair to book fair to book fair to find the best used books and bring them in. So used used books have been really helpful both to give the customer the, the option of do you want the new or the used, depending upon if you know you want a gift or you want it maybe for a little bit less money, but also to kind of round out sections and really have those niche sections that you may not have been able to find new books on the topic, but there's older books on the topics that we could have in there. And our used book buyers are just wonderful and kind of sifting through everything that comes through and, and figure out, you know, what are people wanting to read? What are areas we might want to go into? And this is a way to test that out. Um, and um, that's why we're lucky to have the kind of staff expertise that we do that. And like, you know, like when he said in, in Capital Book Cafe, our used book buyers are also our booksellers. So they're on the floor and they're talking to customers and then the next day they're in and they're buying their books and it makes it huge it's very important for them to play both roles because they really get to know the community and they can reflect that back and what they buy. And so, I mean, we are, uh, our buyers and our booksellers, it is what Bookshop Santa Cruz is. I mean, that, it's the heart of the store. And, and so it's, um, it's something we definitely always want to invest in as best we can. You no, know, I want to thank Casey too, really, because we looked to Bookshop when we started thinking about buying used books and what it would be like to be a newer bookstore and, and take that on when we'd never done it before. And, and we watched we watched you guys and, and saw how you did it and how you made it work and how you integrated used books in to your stock. And as we set our <laughs> tiptoes into the water, and of course we're not nearly as far down the road as you are, you guys were a great model for us. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy, not only uh, do you work with some great staff, you won an award for a hand, best hand-selling bookseller. Tell us about hand-selling yeah, books. This is sort of a... <laughs> Um, nepotistic here to have me talk about the award I got from the <laughs> NCIBA, but it was it was an award um, that I received for um, the best hand selling, and there was a there's a story that goes back to um, when I was working in Borderlands, and a guy comes in and he asks, "Do you have any books on bed and breakfasts?" And we're a science fiction, fantasy, horror, <laughs> specialty bookstore, and I always and that happens all the time, like. It's amazing. Like every day I work, I'll have 20 people come in the store who are like, oh, science fiction? Oh, sorry, no. And I always try and use that as an opportunity. And so this was, this guy came in and he was like, no, yeah. And I was like, no, we specialize in this, but, um, you know, what, what are you looking for? He's like, well, my, my best friend is opening up a, uh, a bed and breakfast in Tennessee and I wanted to get him something. And, you know, knowing your inventory, knowing your stock, I had, you know, been staring at in our horror book section we had this book that we had bought from a small press publisher like four or five years ago more monsters from memphis it was an <laughs> anthology of horror stories um, set in memphis and i kind of looked at it and i was like well, i don't really have any bed and breakfast books but i got this book of more monsters from memphis and it kind of like went out like a light bulb he was like oh that's perfect <laughs> and you know kind of using those opportunities now that's hand selling <laughs> <laughs> And so, I, yeah, I was told that that was one of the, 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 the stories that made the rounds that, that one of the reasons why I got the award. But it, it is, you know, you, you grab those opportunities when somebody makes the mistake of crossing your threshold, you know, you, however you can. You, you know, because, I mean, generally it, when people come in a bookstore, they're, they're there because they want to find a book. And they may not, you know, want to find a science fiction book but i always like you know that's that's the challenge it's like well what do you read what kind of stuff do you like 
I can find a science fiction, fantasy, or horror book that will be to your liking. I guarantee it. And, you know. Uh, tell us a little bit about the programs that uh, NCIBA runs. And I'm thinking that we started out uh, a couple years back with uh, Book Sense, which is now morphed into IndieBound. Tell us a little bit about what IndieBound is and what it does for readers and for bookstores. IndieBound is uh, the, um, I would say, the <laughs> maybe the... Uh, 2.0 for the ABA. It's a. It's really a, a national um, marketing and branding campaign on one level to really identify independent bookstores. But it really is is tied into a movement, um, uh, which is which is really reached across the country, and it has to do with shopping local. You know, shop local. Um, uh, this would be local first. There local was... first, yeah. There, there are different names, but the whole idea of um, staying in your in your local community to shop and and the value why uh, that's important not only socially and culturally as you've heard, but actually economically, which we can uh, talk about later. Um, but Indiebound is is a a program that allows independent bookstores to create local first shop local messages uh, and programs for its bookstore in its community and and one of one of the examples you've heard already from Casey about getting involved with other retailers uh, I think that um, the, the the independent bookstores have been on the cutting edge of this uh, whole idea and it's it's interesting we've been talking a lot of of ideas that were around 10 years ago sort of marketing ideas can be brought now brought back now under the shop local or local first uh, notion you know two two uh, businesses working together uh, for on a promotion um, sharing each other's mailing lists for uh, something I mean that's uh, on one level that's that's uh, you know co-marketing that's been around forever but in this case it's uh, around the umbrella of shopping locally and uh, it not only allows those two merchants to to cross promote but it also uh, establishes a message that gives them two opportunities to establish a message so the indie bound movement is really quite exciting not only for bookstores but I think for consumers and I think it's really uh, getting people thinking about where they shop and why they shop and that's a whole that's that's reinventing uh, the consumer is reinventing too and thinking about what's important to them and I think as you know, last year when gas prices were out of sight and, and now obviously in the tough times, uh, people are really thinking about what's important uh, about their their buying habits. And IndieBound gives us a chance to talk about what we think is important. And, and also we're remaining closer to home. So what's local to us matters more too. And we want our locale to thrive because we, we don't neither want nor necessarily economically able to, you know, pop across the country or even, you know, uh, a two-hour drive some to some other uh, metropolis to, to get something. Yeah, I think Think Local First, I think, is one of the most important movements going on right now, and especially in this economy. And it's all about creating a local, sustainable economic environment. And um, you know, there's a study that came out recently in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where they looked at um, if 
consumers shifted just 10% of their purchasing to local stores, it would generate $140 million in new economic activity and over 1,000 new jobs. And people say, well, you know, Santa Cruz is so great about shopping locally anyway. Anyways, that's kind of a different story. But in fact, there's, you know, there's been studies done that um, the people who th- define themselves as customers of independent bookstores, loyal, you know, loyal people to independent bookstores only buy four out of 10 books at an independent bookstore. If they shifted just one more book, if they bought five out of 10 at a local independent bookstore, it would make an incredible difference to the local independent bookstore, but also the local economy because that money will just circulate here. I mean, if you think about someone who buys that book at Amazon, you know, none of the money, except for maybe UPS drivers, but none of the money circulates in the local economy and instead just actually uses our roads and our infrastructure without giving us any money back. So I think, um, you know, we've been talking to consumers about issues relating to this industry and shopping local for a very long time, but it still resonates and it resonates even more in this economy. One more book, folks. Just yeah. <laughs> one. Well, well hi, you were talking about a measure that's currently up in the California Assembly, is it, or California Senate? Tell us a little bit about that measure and, and what it would do. Uh, it's in the uh, Assembly right now, and it's a, it's a bill that would um, uh, clarify existing language in the um, California uh, tax code, um, which uh, would in effect, actually in, a, in actuality, not in effect, in actuality would um, force uh, Amazon and other large internet-only uh, retailers to collect sales tax in the state of California, something that they don't do now. And Casey was just talking about Amazon not you know, giving back to the community. Not, o- not only do they not give back to the community, they actually take from the community. They take eight and a half percent or whatever the co- the whatever it is down here in San Francisco it's eight and three quarters they actually take that money out of the of the economy if that book had been bought at any of these local stores that money that eight and a half percent would go back into the local economy so it's uh, this is an a, an effort to um, what we consider is leveling the playing field and it's something that we've actually been fighting for uh, a decade, uh, there was a long time where Barnes and Noble and Borders weren't collecting sales tax on their internet sales, even though they were required by law. And we got we got them to <laughs> we got that handled. And uh, uh, Barnes and Noble paid a nine million dollar um, uh, penalty to the state of California two years ago for failure to collect sales tax over a period of time. So it's it's real money and it's uh, serious business. Amazon. Uh, we estimate that it, uh, Amazon's failure to collect sales tax on California sales only costs the state uh, in the neighborhood of $50 million a year and has for the last at least five years. And when you look at our problems right now and you think what that $250 million could do, it's, it's real money and it, it makes a difference to people. And that's part of why people need to, as they're making buying decisions, uh, you know, you say five dollars uh, online. Well, do you really say five dollars uh, if the money goes out and suddenly the state doesn't have and the city doesn't have the money they're supposed to have, and the parking meters go up and the park fees go up and all the rest? Suddenly, maybe you're not saving five dollars. And I think that's what we're trying to do is to have people maybe think of their community in a different way. Well, one thing too about um, these website bookstores is what they the the service they offer is. If you know what you want, you can get it uh, at here. 
And that's really true of any local independent bookstore. There's no bookstore that you can't call up and say, can you order this for me? And it'll come there to that bookstore in about the same number of days as you'd get it from Amazon with the added advantages of once you once you drag yourself out of the house to, to go to the place, you might actually see some other books that you never, ever thought of that you'd like. And you walk into this wow. actual place where there are books. Well, that that gets to the core, you know, buying experience. Like, I, I frankly think the the, the 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 experience for the majority of Americans of buying books has been broken for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of places in this country where there's only chain stores staffed by people who don't know much about books or have a very narrow focus, and they don't get much service, and they have very low expectations, and so that you know, pretty much no service experience that you get with Amazon is in keeping with the experience that they get <laughs> elsewhere. And so it's, you know, there's some people when they go to the gas station, they prefer to use the slider card at the pump and they don't want to talk to the guy in the in the shop, even though it might be right in their local community as a neighbor or whatever. But there's some people who do. They prefer to go and have that. There's some people when they go to the grocery store, they'll use the self-checkout because they don't want to have to deal with people. And I don't think you're ever going to get those people away from Amazon. Amazon fits that niche. You know, people who don't are kind of misanthropic and don't like dealing with people. We, Amazon serves them very well, but Amazon should not destroy the resources that serve, you know, people who like going out in the community and like talking to people about books. And so, you know, when you talk about sales hack issues and stuff like that, they that's an unfair advantage that they're using and they're you know have put out a lot of a lot of bookstores out of business because of it well and i think i think that people go to bookstores you know we were just talking about this the other day actually in the store that people who go to bookstores are unique in that they actually come in the door primed to have a conversation mm -hmm. and and you're right i think there's a lot of retail experiences people have where it's the end of the day or they're exhausted and they just want to go in and get the cat food and get the coffee and get out but when people walk through our front door, and I know I know it's the same at Bookshop, they actually are often, you can feel the energy of them sort of looking around the store, hoping that they're going to be able to actually have a dialogue with somebody about either the book they happen to be looking for, or like everybody, like we keep saying, a book they're not sure they're looking for yet, but, but are convinced they'll walk out the door with. You know? Can I mention just one other thing sure. that, that you, you mentioned? Uh, about ordering books, and I, and I want to say we've all been uh, patting ourselves on the back here. There, this is an area where I think the independent bookstores as a whole, not necessarily the people sitting here, have not done as good a job as they could. Uh, you're exactly right. Almost any bookstore will order a book for you and get it pretty quickly. Some bookstores can get it in 24 hours, and most in two, two to three days. Um, and I think that um, we all take that for granted sometimes because many people come and uh, uh, order books, special order books from us, but I think we uh, we assume that everybody knows that you can do that. And a lot of a lot of customers who've been coming for years don't really know where they, they hear special order and it sounds like there's something, a fee maybe, there's something, you know, do I don't I know about that. Do I have to pay in advance? I, uh, all sorts of things. So I don't think we've done as good a job of really... Uh, reminding people that we have the same the same opportunity and the other little funny secret that uh, the consumer has no way of knowing but it's interesting most of the time the books that they order come from exactly the same place 
that Amazon orders from. Amazon doesn't have every book in the world in a big warehouse somewhere. They have some warehouses, but most of them, most of the time, Amazon gets the book from exactly the same place that Casey and Wendy and Jeremy get the books. So why can't we do it just as quickly? Of course we can. It's something that we need to do a better job of. And I think that's one of the reasons why independents um, offer more to the consumer. I mean, there's definitely the, the... the thing of people coming in and wanting to have a conversation and we obviously offer that that in Amazon doesn't offer that at all but the other thing that I mean it's not like we um, dig our head in the sand and say you know we know that people want convenience and they have different needs when they're shopping and and so one of the things that bookshop is trying to figure out and and one of the benefits of being a local independent store is that we can change quickly. We can see a trend. We're a small business. We know we can change things. So we saw, you know, some people want that online shopping experience. You know, we have a website where you can order and ship it direct to your house. And like Hut said, it comes from the exact same place that Amazon comes from. Or you can choose to have it held at the store so you don't have the shipping fee and you can come in and get it. That's something, you know, Amazon can't offer that you go pick it up instead of it being shipped to your house. Um, But we have a direct-to-home service where you can come in and you can order almost any book and send it anywhere in the world from us and you don't you know you don't have to touch it you just pay for it at our store and it arrives back where you are you know tourists come in during the summer and they say do you have this book and we say well we had it but we, you know we don't have it right at this moment and they said oh okay I'll just go home and order on Amazon and I said well I'll order it for you right now and I'll be at your at your door when you get home from your vacation and that's something that we've been able to do in the last couple of years and offer the both the convenience and the community experience because you know Amazon can't offer both of those things. They can offer one or the other. Well, and that's a, a really great example of um, you know, adapting to the new bookselling environment. People have this, you know, Amazon experience in the back of their head. And I mean, new and used bookstores that make their inventory available online or do special orders and do delivery to homes, making that part of your core business, um, you know, is one way to compete in the in the retailing environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Being able to buy online is huge. I mean, we can do the same thing in terms of shipping. But a- another aspect of it too, um, in terms of knowing what you want, is is and it's something that I take for granted. But it is important to customers is that you don't have to pay for it before you can put your hands on it. And that's something that in Amazon, you know, you're putting that credit card down online. Y- you better know what you want, and you better be sure that that's what you want, or you're going to endure the hassle. Of, of having to return it or, or deal with the aftermath. And, and in stores like Bookshop or in Capitola Book Cafe, if you do choose to order a book with either of us, it, it, certainly in our store, you can come in, check out the book and say, uh, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was or I, I want something different and that's okay. So you actually have the advantage of being able to pay for it in the store, uh, which you don't have online. And we've had many customers like I said, I didn't think that was as big of a deal as it was until we had customers actually thank us and say, you know, I really appreciate the fact that I can have that ordering experience, but I don't necessarily have to pay for the book till I'm sure it's what I want. Right. Well, one thing, too, I think, is that we're, we can also have seen uh, bookstores expand exactly what they sell. And it's interesting that bookstores have been successful where other stores haven't. And I'm thinking of uh, Tower Records, which went into a brief brief flirtation before they went into bankruptcy of trying to sell books uh, along with records and DVDs. And I know that uh, Bookshop Santa Cruz does sell uh, some DVDs and they sell some audio. And also, I I think it's very interesting, um, the expansion of the graphic uh, novel and comic market. I know that Bookshop Santa Cruz has a a significant and very nice uh, a set of graphic novels, and I, I wonder if you guys could talk about expanding. You know, just exactly what books are. Well, that's it. 
being able to build on what bookstores do well, um, that kind of cultural center where it becomes a matter of be it a movie or a book or a comic, it's all about stories. It's all about consuming culture. It's all about, you know, finding out about culture. And so it it makes sense for a bookstore to be um, a center to that, I think. You know, there's there's room for for a long time, you know, there was a, the the idea that sidelines, you know, selling bookmarks and blank books and non reading experience stuff, which you could put a really high markup on was was you know one of the major revenue streams for bookstores and i think you know expanding what is defined you know as core stock books graphic novels manga um actually ha- i think there's been a major opportunity that's been missed by the vast majority of independent booksellers um when it comes to manga because um manga japanese um comic books um are huge there's and as far as young people consuming them and reading them there's there's a huge market for it and generally um comic book stores throughout the country have alienated and for the vast majority of comic book stores don't carry much manga don't like those kids who like the manga books and they just want superheroes and and so the the buying experience of buying manga hasn't really been established by the consumers of manga by these by these kids who have a lot of money and a lot of time and want to just consume a lot of manga and yeah, I think independent bookstores um, still have an opportunity to kind of get into that space. But it comes becomes a matter of having staff who knows it and can put a, together a viable section. And that's something that you know grows organically out of the community. And it's not something that you can always just boom, there it is. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I've tried to do it a little bit in Borderlands, but our focus is is kind of a narrow slice of manga. But I think there's a really opportunity there because it's all about bringing young people into the bookstore. I just want to add, you you asked earlier uh, sort of what the NCIBA does. One of the things that we try to do is offer uh, education programming that allows independent bookstores to look for new trends and things. And uh, we've done graphic novel and manga buying uh, seminars with people who are really good at it. And I think that that's part of, uh, of my job is to pay attention to what's you know what's coming and what's going on. Ebooks are something that people are, you know, talking about more. And I think it's important for independent booksellers to uh, be aware of that issue and decide if they want to be players or not. What you don't want to do is sit back and say an ebook is not a real book, so it's not something you want to deal with. And then suddenly, the market expands and you're you're behind the fence. You're, you've lost completely. So it's important for us to to stay on top of trends. Uh, in in the book world, and the book world is expanding, and um, that's that's part of what we try to do, and uh, we learn every day. I, I've heard three things today from these booksellers that I'm going to take back and put in my. I have a little file of great ideas and things, and uh, think that's the kind of uh, the kind of stuff that we need to keep doing. Well, I really like this idea of bookstores as a as a cultural locus because I think that's the kind of thing that draws people together and, and gets kind of shared experiences where you're drifting through a bookstore and you're walking through a section that you might not normally ever look in. You know, if I'm like drifting through, you know, the romance section, somebody says, hey, have you ever read this book by this person? It's really, really good. You know, you can get that kind of crossover that will um, expand people's notion of why they even want to go to a bookstore and it's not just to buy a book it's just to find out what's cool well yeah. you, 
Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, we, yeah, we try to, again, it's all because we can connect to our community that we can look at trends and then offer something. So we, you know, our graphic novel section has just kind of expanded to the center of our fiction room. And we have a green, um, we call it Go Green section, which is all, we took all of the kind of green books from all over the store and put it in one location and, and fostered that. And then, you know, people who are browsing and meet each other. <laughs> We've had weddings and, and engagements and all kinds of things that happen in the store from people meeting each other. But it's all about, it's both about offering um, the book experience and then offering the community experience. We just had a book group mixer because we have a book group program where you can register your book group and get a discount and we have a mixer where people will offer recommendations and things like that and and each mixer we've had a book group has formed at the mixer people who wanted to be part of a book group but didn't know where to go to and they come to our mixer and then they meet, they meet each other and they form their own book group it's about it's about both spotting the trends and having the books available and and um, being able to offer you know a unique section of books so then it's also creating that community that that um, just keeps the kind of cultural life of books going in, in the community by, the, by people who love books getting together. So It's true, you know, it, it's, I liken it sort of as the difference between, you know, sort of listening to music on your iPod and a live performance. I almost think of bookstores as kind of this strange hybrid of, of live performance space and community center and salon. You know, sometimes I, I, I think more and more of our store as a venue you know, I, I, I believe we, we, I used to think of us as a bookstore that happened to have events and happened to have a cafe and happened to do these other things. And now I think of us as this uh, all-encompassing venue that happens to sell books and happens to sell magazines and happens to have all these other things available. And the more I think of us as a venue, the more um, I try to think of the same types of things that Casey is, which is any time we can bring the community together in dialogue in the store any time we can bring an event or bring people even teachers we do a lot of events for actually we do a lot of events for uh, teachers and a lot of outreach to teachers through Santa Cruz County and um, anytime we can be part of of that we try to do it because we know that that's what bookstores can offer now that Amazon will never, ever, ever be able to offer is that live experience. And that's reinventing, which is what you started this with. And I think one of the things that, that I'd like to wind up with uh, is one thing that I realized uh, sitting here is that in our community in Santa Cruz, we have a lot of local authors, I mean, who are really, they're, they're famous, they're talented, and they're interested, and they show up at the bookstores. You might see them if you're just hanging out in the bookstore looking for a book yourself. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting about bookstores is that allows you in any locale, whether it's Santa Cruz or San Francisco or Mendocino or anywhere you live, you'll find places where there are books that, where there are authors that are local who will hang out these bookstores. I think it's really important to feature these uh, bookstores, you know, these authors, and, and you know, bring them into the community and so people can realize that yes we're right in the hub of where this stuff is being created it's part of our culture yeah there's that there's that sense i had a had an experience as a young reader where i realized it's something that's ongoing it's a dialogue it's something that's happening right now and so much of that i learned because of bookstores because of meeting authors and stuff like that oh absolutely and um 
Yeah, I mean, we actually have a local author section now. We actually have, and, and it's a great opportunity for us. We do, we, we do, we have a big consignment program, a really extensive consignment program where local authors from all over can sell their books through our store, and we've actually set up a specialized section so that people can go to that section and look at all of the, all of the local all of the local literature that we have and, and it's it's pretty amazing. I mean it's a pretty big section when you actually take a look at it. Yeah, we're lucky to live in, in Santa Cruz with the amazing authors that we have here and the resources that we have here and that they can come to our store. Well, given all of it, I think we're lucky to be booksellers too because finding the right book for the right person is really kind of like that core adrenaline rush that I get every time I, you know, go into work. Absolutely. We've been speaking with Wendy Meyer Lockfeld. She's the co-owner of Capitola Book Cafe. Thank you for joining us, Wendy. Thanks. And Casey Coonerty Prodi. She's the owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. Thank you for joining us, Casey. Thanks for having me. Jeremy Lassen. He works at Borderlands Books, and he's an independent publisher of Nightshade Books. Thank you for joining us, Jeremy. My pleasure, Rick. And Hutt Landon. He's the president of the NCIBA, the Northern California Independent Booksellers Association. Thank you for joining us, Hutt. It was a lot of fun. And we'll get together maybe next year and we'll talk about uh, where things are at that point. You've been listening to the Agony Column here on KUSP 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Rick Kleffel. Coming up next, it's Talk of the Bay. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.